0: have your Bibles with you, I'll invite you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 6 this morning as we continue to see the amazing things that God has in store for us in the book of Genesis. We're now in chapter 6 and so we go from last week, which was probably one of the texts of Genesis that you were least familiar with as we looked at the lineage of Seth and the lineage of Cain. Now to probably one that you know the best as we see the story of Noah and of the great flood and of the ark and of the animals and all of those things that we are, most of us I think, pretty familiar with. This morning I will say, moving at a little bit different pace than I normally do, we're going to cover all of the story of Noah, uh, which means that we're not going to look in great detail at all of the different things that we see here. Uh, This morning what I really want us to see is the big picture of this account. I want us to see uh, all of it together. We may go back at other times and look at some of the specific things, but I want us to see this story, the story of Noah, what it tells us about God and his relationship to sinful people, what it tells us about God and his relationship to righteous people. And so I want us to see that all at once. So this morning we will cover... Uh, Chapter 6, 7, and 8 And with that being the case I will summarize a fair amount of the material And we will not read all of chapter 6, 7, and 8 I do encourage you to go back and read If you've not all of those chapters though But if you would begin with me in Genesis chapter 6 We will begin in verse 1 It says When man began to multiply on the face of the land And daughters were born to them The sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive And they took as their wives any they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh, his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of man and they bore children to them, these were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. Then in verse 7, we hear something that is very hard for us to think about. It says So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. Now here in these verses, just in these verses, there are several things that you probably would like for me to expound upon, things that that we like to ask questions about. Uh, People like to ask questions about who the sons of God were in verse 2, and they like to know about why it is that God says that his day shall be 120 years in verse 3, and all of these things, who the Nephilim are in verse 4, these, these giants, these mighty men of old. But today is not the day for all of that. If you want to know about that, write it down, right? Sunday nights we'll be back. We'll answer questions at some point. Send that to me. Text that to me. Put that down as a question that you would like for me to answer. But none of those details are going to help us see a big picture today. What do we see here in these first, really the first six verses of this text today? What we really see is this picture. We see that the earth at this point in time was filled with things that were displeasing to God. The sons of God, whoever they are, are taking any women that they choose and God is not happy with that. We see that the wickedness of man in verse 5 was so great that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually what does that mean it means he didn't think about anything except for sinful evil things all the time that's all the people thought about that's all they ever did were sinful things wicked things evil things bad things that's what the world looks like in this day and time that's the picture that's being painted here is a picture filled an earth filled with sin and evil and terrible things and things that are displeasing to God and things that go against the teachings and the heart of God over and over and over all the time. And so we see that in the first few verses and then in verse 6 we see how God relates to that happening on the earth. It shows us, we see a glimpse and this is so beautiful because we see it in language that helps us understand God because uh, He is given here. He gives Himself these feelings and these emotions that you and I have felt And these things that we have dealt with And so we see in verse 6 That when God sees all of this evil and all this sinfulness And we might think that he's going to be angry and he's going to be mad But verse 6 it says And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth And it grieved him to his heart And so the Lord decides that he will remove man from the earth. Because of the wickedness, because of the evil, because of these things that are going on all the time, without end, without stop, he's going to remove them from the earth. And how is he going to do that? We know that he's going to send the flood to do that. Point one this morning that we must understand in order for this story, this account to make sense, men were evil, so God moved to remove them. Men were evil Now we have to start there right? God doesn't just send the flood God doesn't, God doesn't just remove men because he wants to No, God is removing them God is punishing them because they are evil That is why this is taking place And I think sometimes we overlook that I thought about this last night Last night as I was uh, putting Chip and Addie to sleep I read to them out of the, their children's Bible The Jesus Storybook Bible that we use often I read to them the account of Noah's Ark. We were reading this story, and as I think about I think usually this is one of those stories that we think of as a children's story that we talk about Noah's Ark. And so we, we think about uh, the animals, right, two by two, how cute those animals had to be been going on the ark, holding hands as they're walking up the ramp, because I'm sure that that's how it took place. And as we think about, I know especially for those of you that have been to Kentucky and seen the ark, we think about the size of the ark. That's something that stands out to us. And we think about rain for 40 days and 40 nights. And we remember all of these things, but sometimes I think we forget that that is divine punishment. That is God punishing people. Because they were wicked and evil And because they refused to follow the path that God had for them That's what's going on here This flood isn't a children's story So that we can talk about animals in a big boat This is God punishing the wicked people on the earth But as I studied this this week It stood out to me so much The language that's used in verses 6 and 7 Language that I believe that God gives to Moses Specifically so that we would see why it is that god does this? how it is that god goes about this because i think if you are like me we think of god whenever he's punishing whenever he's sending the flood or at the end of time when judgment we think of him as this this angry judge who is happy to be able to get rid of these sinful people he's happy to punish all these terrible people that he's excited that these people are here dealing with the flood or at the end of time going to hell but that's not the language that the bible uses when it talks about god and his punishment it's not that god was so angry that he in his anger sent a flood but verses six and seven paint this picture of a god who is grieved and who is remorseful who is hurt and saddened because of the things that he sees people doing And so because of the pain and the the sorrow, the sadness that is brought to him, he decides that he's going to punish these people. Verse 6 again, And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. And what I think that we really see there is this reminder to us that God is a righteous God and He is a just God and He is always going to punish sin. That is clear. That is part of His nature. That's always going to take place. But it's not something that He's excited about. It's not something that God takes joy in, being able to punish wicked and sinful people. But it's something that He does out of sorrow. And out of grief Point two this morning God is not pleased to punish The picture we see here Is not a God who is excited That he got to send the flood And kill all the wicked men But a God that sent it out of judgment Because of the grief and the sorrow that he felt We read this in Ezekiel chapter 33 Verse 11 You don't have to turn there But in verse 11 of Ezekiel 33 It says say to them as I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? And in the opening text that we heard earlier today that Cade read for us in Second Peter chapter three, verse nine, it specifically says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness. But is patient towards you Not wishing that any should perish But that all should reach repentance We don't have a God Who out of anger and excitement Punishes people But we have a God Whose desire Is that people would turn And that people would repent And that people would not live In wicked ways That people would not be sinful That people would in faith Turn to him And be righteous And follow his ways But because they don't He does punish He does judge He does at the end of people's lives He will at the end of time And we see the same picture here Don't mistake the fact that God doesn't desire to punish For the fact that God will not punish Don't mix those up Just because he does not take pleasure in bringing judgment Does not mean that he will refrain from bringing judgment Because we see it here Even though he did it out of grief and sorrow He does send the flood the flood does come and the sinful men do die in punishment for their sins but look with me in verse 8 as we see a little bit of a change a little bit of a breath of fresh air if you will in the heavy beginning of this text it says but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord these are the generations of Noah Noah was a righteous man blameless in his generation Noah walked with God and Noah had three sons Shem ham and japheth so here we see in the midst of this sinful world where everything's evil all the time and everything's going wrong and people are doing things that are so displeasing to god we see this man that in verse 8 we're told found favor in the eyes of the lord this man that was righteous this man that in his generation that he lived in was a blameless man this man that that found favor with god We see Noah And Noah stands out like this shining beacon This this man that is different than everyone else And of course we know that this story really changes Really hinges on this man that God has found that he has delight in God tells to Noah As you go through the next several verses And we're not going to read all of them But God tells Noah what the plan is We'll see a summary of it in verse 17 God says, For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. So we see the picture and of course this is the part that we remember right? God's going to send the flood, Noah's going to build the ark He and his sons are going to build the ark and they're going to take the time They're going to build this huge ark and then God sends the flood And he tells Noah why, he explains to them that this is to kill all of the wickedness And all of the sinful people off of the earth And if you read through chapter 7 and if you read through chapter 8 That's what we see Again, I'm going through all the details, 40 days and 40 nights of rain, and it talks about how many days the rain stayed on the earth, and it talks about the fact that it covers all of the land, and it goes through the dimensions of the ark, and how big it should be, and the animals, and getting food for the animals, and all of those things, but I don't want us to spend a whole lot of time on all those details, because we can get caught up in those details and miss the big picture of this story. But what do we see about Noah that's more important than the fact that he built an ark? because if I ask most people what do you know about Noah that's the first thing he built an ark what else do you know about Noah well he put all the animals on the ark well he sent a dove out we can go on, and on but what we see about Noah that stands out I pray most as we look at this text in its entirety is that Noah was seen as righteous before the Lord Noah was blameless in his generation verse 9 tells us that verse 8 that he found favor in the eyes of the Lord And who was the one person that he and his family were saved? Noah. Point three. The righteous are spared from wrath. Now here it just so happens that the righteous was one. He and his family were spared. But he is the only one that's given to us as righteous. But righteous people are spared from wrath. We see that clearly here. The flood comes and Noah wasn't killed. God warned him, God told him, God told him to build the ark He's on the ark, he's saved from the wrath that comes But what I want us to also see As we see this big picture of the story of Noah Is that this is not just a reflection of Noah And his day and time and the flood But this is a picture, a reflection of our lives as well Because all of us are in one of these two camps All of us are either sinful and evil and living our own way and rebelling against God or all of us are in God's eyes righteous. We are living in a way that would make us seem blameless in our generation. We are finding favor in the eyes of the Lord. We're one of the two and if you hadn't picked up on it yet, here's the news that comes from that. If you're in this camp, the sinful, wicked, evil, living for yourself, doing your own thing, judgment's coming not going to be a flood right we see God sends the rainbow and every time we see a rainbow we remember the promise God's never going to destroy the earth by flood again it's not how it's coming next time but it's going to be eternal when the judgment comes and if you are sinful and if you're wicked and if you are without God's favor that's what you're going to deal with you are going to deal with judgment God's not going to be excited to judge you he's not going to be thankful that you're going to hell forever, but he is righteous and he will bring about that judgment. He didn't want to bring the flood, but he brought the flood. He doesn't want to send you to hell, but if you are guilty of your sins when you stand before him as judge, he will send you to hell forever. The Bible is clear about that. But if you are on the other side, and if you are righteous, if you are without sin when you stand before God, Then just like Noah was saved from the wrath of God that came in the flood You will be saved as well But for most of us that doesn't sound like good news When I tell you if you are perfect when you stand before God If you are guilty of nothing when you stand before God You will be spared of his wrath We should say uh oh Right that's not good because I am guilty things i have done things before that i shouldn't have done i have followed my own way i have gone against god's word i have gone against the teachings of the scriptures so how is this good news well it's because in hebrews chapter 11 and we're not going to turn there this morning but hebrews chapter 11 we are told how it is that noah was found to be righteous it wasn't that noah never sinned it wasn't that Noah literally had never done anything wrong. No, Noah was counted. Hebrews 11:7 7 tells us that Noah was counted as an heir of righteousness because of his faith. And if you want to hear more about that and understand more about how that applies to this text, come Wednesday night and you'll hear about that. But this is what I want to see this morning, that that same opportunity is given to us. That if we respond to Christ in faith, That we will be spared from God's wrath Because God sent his son to this earth Jesus came It's not just the Christmas story This isn't just the flood story Jesus really came And he really lived a perfect life And he really died in your place and my place And when he was on the cross The Bible tells us that he paid for every sin That Zach Kilpatrick has ever committed Or will ever commit He paid the price for every single one of them Took the penalty Took God's wrath For every one of my sins And so here's the good news Now when I respond to him in faith Whenever I admit my need for a savior And I come to him and I give my life to him And now I'm following him Because of my faith I also am counted as righteous And I know it doesn't make sense Because you say but you're not perfect And I'm not but it's the same for you That this is the way that God counts the transaction that when you respond to Jesus Christ in faith when you give your life to him when you truly respond in faith not when you join the church I want to be clear it's not about church membership not when you're baptized right not when you walk down the aisle not when you repeated a prayer that somebody else said when you give your life to Jesus Christ now all of those things can be signs that you've given your life to Jesus Christ But if I ask you, why do you think you're going to heaven? Don't tell me because I'm a member of Mount Zion Baptist Church. When I say, why do you think that you'll go to heaven? I pray that your answer is because I have faith in Jesus Christ. And I know that he is my Savior. Because when you do that, when you respond to Jesus Christ in faith, every sin that you've ever committed is gone. God takes them away. And now, just as God looked at Noah and noah had favor in god's eyes and god looked at noah and said he is righteous and god looked at him and said he is blameless when you respond in faith god looks at you the same way with favor and joy and excitement and god looks at you with everything that you've done god looks at you and says you're righteous you're blameless you're perfect and so on the day of judgment when you stand before god He doesn't say, you're guilty of all these things. You're going to hell forever and ever. No, he looks at you and says, because of your faith in my son, you are righteous and you are perfect. Come and you will go into heaven and you'll live with God in his presence forever and ever. And all of the joy of heaven and all the things that we talk about with heaven, all of that beauty, you will get to go and enjoy that and experience that forever and ever. In the story of Noah and the flood, we see a reflection of all of history. There are two groups of people here. There are sinful people and there are righteous people. There are people that are sinful because they have sinned and they are guilty of their own sins, and there is a person who is righteous because he has faith in God. In all of history, you are in one of those groups. You are either sinful because you have decided to do things your own way or you are righteous because you have responded in faith to Jesus Christ. And in this story, what happens to the sinful people? They're killed. They go through the flood. They die. What happens in real life, in our day and time, let me not say real life because it's really happened in real life, what happens in our day and time outside of the flood, what happens in other times when sinful people come to the point of judgment? They're dead spiritually and they're banished to be separated from God forever and ever in a place that talks... The Bible talks about as being an unquenchable fire in a place of wailing and crying and gnashing of teeth and all these things. You go there forever and ever and ever. And again, I don't want you to mistake because some people say, well, God is a loving God. He wouldn't really send anybody there, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says He's a loving God. The Bible says that His desire is that you would repent. The Bible says that He doesn't take pleasure when wicked people die. But the Bible also says that whenever wicked sinful people guilty people come before him that he banishes them to hell forever and ever and if you're here today and you've never responded to him in faith that's what you face but if like Noah you respond in faith you come to him and admit your need for a savior you recognize that he is the only one that could save you and you dedicate your life to him to live for him every day then he makes you righteous He takes away your sins He takes away his punishment He takes away his wrath So this morning I ask you That you would take a moment And look at your life And ask yourself where you are If I were to ask you this morning On the way out Why is it that you have hope That when you die that you'll go to heaven What is your answer? if it starts out with who your parents are or your family or how long you've gone to this church or how much money you give or how well you attend or any of those things brothers and sisters let me ask you today to reconsider reconsider that you would begin with this answer because I have faith in Jesus Christ and nothing else there is no other hope he is the only way that we can get to the father he is the only way that we can be forgiven I want to ask you to stand. And this morning, if you have questions about this, about righteousness and faith and how to receive that, if you have questions about how the story of Noah applies to you, if you have questions about why God punishes sinful, guilty people, I would love to answer those. I ask that you'd come and and talk to me. If you say there's not enough time right now for you to answer those questions, just come tell me that you'd like for us to meet up sometime. If you know that you need to repent of things that you've done, you can pray where you are. You can come and pray uh, at these steps. Use these as an altar. I'd love to pray with you this morning if you'd like somebody to pray with you. I want to ask you this morning, if the Lord is calling you to do something, to make something public, to respond in some way, I ask that you would do that as Brother Shane leads us in a hymn of invitation. (laughs)
1: miss have a few announcements this week we will not have be on Thursday Uh, this Thursday will not have be Wednesday night all student uh, parents please come uh, with the waivers Uh, we will have Miss Jan up there notarizing all waivers and we need a copy of of their insurance Uh, that will be Wednesday night we will also have a college and youth night tonight at the Watson's from 5 to 7 just to get together and swim eat pizza and have a good time also if there's any this is late notice but if there's any male uh, here this morning that would love to have a, a great and exciting week at youth camp uh, I'm looking for another male that's the 15th through the 19th so that's just one week out uh, y'all don't all just uh, come at me at once uh, but meet, meet with me in the back uh, and we'll discuss that I'm looking for one male chaperone also guys we need to uh, remember uh, it's just ar- around the corner. August 9th and 10th is the Lincoln County and Capaya County uh, Marriage Conference that we're doing at First Baptist Crystal Springs. There's sign up sheets in the back. Uh, also, if you know some families that would um, benefit from it that you work with, please share it with them. And uh, I know we have a lot going out today that's going to be on the, the road traveling. We have several families, so keep in mind. Uh, our families that will be gone pray for safe travels and also just pray for our students getting prepared for uh, church camp and what God's going to reveal and do in their life so as we close Mm. Uh, you can
0: be seated for just a moment Um, we did have a motion that was presented last week that we need to be able to vote on this morning Uh, for time's sake we're just going to do a vote by show of hands Uh, before we do do we have a uh, motion to enter into a time of business motion do we have a second all in favor if you would say "aye." Uh, the motion that we have uh, this brought by the building and grounds committees uh, because at the moment we are um, on a holding pattern on the demolition of the old building but we do have someone in place who has already worked on some permits from DEQ to be able to remove the asbestos from the building Uh, and we have the quote uh, for that is $15,000 to remove all the asbestos from any parts of that building so that when we get to a point that we can move forward, that will already be taken care of. So the motion on the floor is that we have the asbestos removed for the cost of $15,000. It comes from a committee, so it does not need a second. This morning we will vote by a show of hands. If you are in favor of this motion, if you would raise your hand, Thank you. And if you are opposed, if you would raise your hand. Okay. And the motion carries. Do we have um, a motion that we close our time of business? Motion. Do we have a second? Second. All in favor, say amen. All right. If y'all would stand again, and uh, we'll dismiss this morning with a word of prayer.